hello, and you're all still very welcome here at the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature, and wellness. And we're very happy to have Renaissance man, composer, musician, writer, and all-around great guy and inspiring artist, George Higgs Charles, who is here to tell us about his new album, The Sense Ensemble, which has gone live on SoundCloud. You can find George's album, Sense Ensemble, over on SoundCloud. And George Higgs has got some great gigs coming up too in 2022. At the end of April, George has a performance at the National Concert Hall as part of New Music Dublin Festival. And George Higgs has composed five silent poems set to music for an Irish sign language signer, trombonist, pianist, double bassist, and also firing samples of the bodily sounds of the signer. So that sounds like one not to be missed. At the National Concert Hall at the end of April, George Higgs. And I'm going to get my tickets. Definitely going to go and check that out myself and Chris. So we'll be able to report back from you on that. Really looking forward to that. And George Higgs also has another event in Dublin called Door beginning the 2nd and the 3rd of April in the ARC Children's Festival. So right now, George is back at it and he's surrounded by musical instruments and there'll be lots more to come. And if you'd like to learn more about George's work, which he's been very active over the years, he does all kinds of great work from art to community-based stuff, you can find George's website at www.georgehiggs.com. That's George. H-I-G-G-S. And we're back. Chris, how are you doing? I'm all right. Good. Yourself? I'm great. I'm really enjoying this chat with George, as always. And we're, yeah. we're about to get into some of the, the real meat of the stuff. Let me just get it lined up here while he's off having his wee tea break. Oh, there we go. Hey. Hello. So before we get to the video, George, you said there was something you you, uh, you wanted. Yeah, to... I just I just threw a few pictures in. It says on the top of them the Sense Ensemble, and um, I thought it'd be cool to to show people that this there's a triangle, and then there's a maybe a pentagon, and then there is like a multi sided figure. I don't know how many nonagon or whatever it is. They... Um, These. Let me tell you one sec. Uh, do do do. These other ones I'd love to ask you about later if, if yeah, we've sure, got yeah. time. I don't think they were in here. It was another one I had. Oh, yeah. Margaret Higgs Sense Ensemble. That was, I made that for a talk. I, I was just saying to you before about why the Sense Ensemble. So in my research and first in the school with the working with the girls in the deaf school, um, I, I came to talk about with them about music as a experience for all the senses. And we decided to call the kind of band we had the sense ensemble and the idea was that our senses collaborate in experiences we were saying before whether you're eating something the taste the texture the smell um and then you know in music that we're, we're feeling music we're, we're hearing music we're seeing we're seeing the musicians move it's multi-sensory experience and that i called that the sense ensemble but i think it goes even further than that because as I said before, all of our experiences like that, not just music. But I, I, I drew a picture here of the, uh, you have more than, I concentrated on sight for the sense ensemble, sight, sound, and, and tactician, you know, uh, 
experience of feeling things. But actually, there are many more senses than that if you really want to break it down. And even the sense of tech of feeling things is uh, you see on this little chart, we have sight, smell, taste, hearing, touch. But touch is touch as in pressure. Yes, I feel pressure in my finger. But touch is also, there's a different neurological basis for experiencing pressure to the experience of feeling hot things and cold things and pain has different receptors sense of balance and gravity uh and bodily position that's what's called proprioception which literally in your muscles you have these little spindles and they can detect it's like a gps kind of thing they detect and your ears you're probably familiar with vestibular systems they detect you know body position changes um so the point is there are lots of different senses and they all collaborate in experience and but then it goes a little deeper than that which is why i wrote margaret higgs sense ensemble because i thought i'm a sense ensemble this ensemble of senses i'm not conscious of them being an ensemble but they are and my mother is too and but when we meet when we talk or whatever she was my mother uh, she gave birth to me we're an ensemble of sense ensembles and we all are and i think that's really without just being fanciful i think it's really important because i think it touches on what music is all about it's for me it's all about contact with other people and uh i'm always being told i'm quite an antisocial person by those close to me and i probably am but i think i'm actually very social i just maybe like many people look for different ways that make me feel comfortable to some some everybody's different you know i think charge maybe is it safe to say i would say you're more socially sensitive i think as a, I, maybe i don't know i don't know I, I think like i think we've talked before the three of us about insecurities we have around social settings and yeah it's it's i think everybody experiences that in fairness you know it's easy for us to think that we're kind of freaks but i think everybody's secretly a freak you know yeah <laughs> That's, I mean, that in the nicest possible Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, my, the way I often reflect on it is, you know, like, I kn- I know that I went kind of a bit crazy a long time ago, but it's a crazy world. So if that, like, I'd be kind of worried if I if I, if I hadn't at least considered that, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also think it's to do with busyness as well. I mean, you know, people are going out all the time, really haven't got much to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, 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 I'm generally super busy all the time. You know, yeah. by the time by the time someone goes, "Hey, you coming here?" I go, "Ah, oh, I'm doing something. I have a plan." <laughs> so, George, yeah, yeah. Did, did this diagram like did you come up with this? Because I find this. I'm just looking at how the different points kind of are inter interlinked. Yeah, there's another picture too where I have Margaret Higgs, Victor. I didn't send it to you. Margaret Higgs, Victor Higgs, and George Higgs. The ensemble senses. So then I have us on this diagram all connected, and the idea being that. Um, that were, again, what I was saying before, it may sound uh, fruity, but the the idea that reality isn't just sitting there, we're creating reality. This is very important, I think, to 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 because it's it's really mind blowing. It's like what the the Vedic text said about like the veil of Maya, whatever the what it, reality is, and it's true. It's it's uh, we create it collectively, socially, and that's why. Music may be so important to me, I think what I'm only realizing now is because it's it's a window into that collectivity, you know, into that where I can really experience 
contact with other people, and not just in a safe way, but in a real way, you know, and you can, you can cross time with it through musical scores. It's an amazing thing. I'm reading musical scores from the 1600s and somebody's left these behind. It's, it's wonderful. Like reading a letter from somebody, but they're not sending words. They're sending feelings, you know, through music. Um, so this, this idea of the sense ensemble goes much deeper than just, you know, making music for deaf audiences or something. It's all, and that was the thing about working with deaf individuals. I knew even when I started that I wanted to do it because I wanted to understand my experience as much as a deaf person's experience. And I think we learn so much from other people that have different uh, situations to our own. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was um, there was a there was a, a young girl there on. People in in Ireland and maybe outside of Ireland would famously know the Late Late Toy Show, and they had um, a hearing impaired girl on who um, it hadn't it hadn't been it hadn't been worked out that she had problems hearing until she was ten, because she was she had learned to lip read. And they 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 forgot when they were doing the hearing tests to cover their mouths to check, and so it basically went undetected for a long time. But uh, she's now got her hearing aids, and uh, she's an, a phenomenal harp player. So That's I true. think, yeah, I think I think again, we it, it's come up before about how. I mean, they do say that, like you know, if somebody's somebody if somebody's hear, hearing isn't as strong that that that, that 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 there there are other there are other it doesn't mean that the other cognitive things that are that that kind yeah, of help to govern. Yeah, the, the other, the other, the other cognitive abilities that help to govern that whole system aren't necessarily not working either. So yeah. it makes sense that they, that this person was naturally able to learn to lip read, and and she was she's a beautiful harp player. And I actually, I actually kind of, I, I, I hypothesized that part of her skill as a musician came from that. That, that fact that she had to kind of basically work a bit harder and it probably kicked in different uh, components in her brain a little bit earlier than maybe other people on average because she was she had to she was still engaging the the the, um, the speech center of her brain yeah you know so I yeah, find it all very fascinating yeah yeah it is it is really interesting um, you know and it's like uh, again the other thing about it it's like there's this great article. This sounds like a segue, and it is. Uh, scientist called Nagel wrote this article called "What Is It Like to Be a Bat?" And his whole the whole point of the article is like that. As animals with certain, we are animals with body parts, and we have we develop our language around our physicality and our physical combination with the world. And and his point is like bats don't, and it's not just that bats have different hearing or you know they can't see as well so echolocation it's also that they're just shaped differently so they're going to order the environment differently and so his point is we can't understand what it's like to be about we can't understand what it's like to be a dog uh because our embodied cognition has determined so much for us and i think again that that feeds into into what that's kind of a holistic. That's a holistic uh, lens, like to look at things like that. Is like that, yeah. you know. There's there there is no one 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 size fits all. It's like each 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 existence is individual. Like absolutely, yeah. A snake doesn't understand tall. 
what's really funny about those scientists is like, so you had these scientists writing these articles, but basically what they, what you're doing is it's a can of worms because you're undermining in undermining your kind of perception that there is a confirmed reality outside of ourselves. If you're saying actually there's not, then that screws everything up for scientists. Like we tested this under laboratory conditions and, but then people test this under laboratory conditions that there can't be laboratory conditions. So you, you know, you can't, you can't determine empiricism basically that you can't, you know, the empirical, the idea that experience can teach us things that are val validity of experiments are all called in question. If you say that experience itself can be questioned uh, and Ladan Shams, this, this scientist that keeps talking about that's what her test is saying it's like actually your eyes and ears are fooling you if your ears can fool you your eyes can fool you then what does that say about all our scientific research <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it's a problem yeah. um, and my and people like Dermot Furlong the guy I worked with you know are some some he's an engineer some people don't want to deal with that. They, so they, they, they may pay lip service to the, those notions, but really they're not going to take them on because it's too, I mean, it's like Darwin talking about evolution. It undermines a lot of people's very fixed beliefs of the world. You know, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty wild actually. And I, I remember yeah. working, working in a autist. Oh, sorry, Shane, I interrupted you. Chris, you, I think you were saying something. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, I kind of disagree with Darwin. Actually, I've I, I believe in spontaneous evolution, that like it can happen over the course of a generation and then okay, just spreads yeah. out. Like mm. because uh, there's so many leaps that Darwin couldn't have taken. Like you know, Darwinism can't yeah. get from a single cell amoeba to an egg laying duck. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I think well, Darwin. The thing, I guess, coming from where I come from, you know creationist scares me a little bit so i'm always careful uh but I, there's much that darwin knew he didn't understand like he he's yeah. trying to finish his book basically a whole chapter is about genetics it's not about genetics he didn't know what and it was happening right as he was around actually the same decade in uh wherever that is in czech republic now or wherever that is yeah. uh mandel was doing his growing his peas in, in the monastery and uh but he didn't know about that and uh, he just came up with this idea of blood, but he knew he was wrong. <laughs> he just like, I have to finish the chapter. But that's, he was pretty amazing. He was a pretty amazing guy. I know. I've actually read The Evolution of Species, like, and it's, yeah, yeah. apart from his fixation on beaks, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was really into barnacles, too, I think. That's what, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Barnacles, yeah. Uh, oh, he was, he was, I mean, and, you know, it's just it's a it's really an amazing story when you read about his background his the re religiousness of his his surroundings and how he's afraid to release this information and he wasn't really happy with the idea himself you know it's really well, he was threatened quite a lot afterwards as well <laughs> like yeah he was threatened with excommunication at one point and yeah and he had a few uh, death threats and his wife wasn't too delighted either i don't think so no yeah but um, there you go. So, George, can I ask you about this picture you sent us here? I'm fascinated to know who this is well, and what's happening there. The first thing uh, I should tell you is that George Higgs is black. Uh, 
Yeah, there's another George Higgs out there who's a great blues musician. He died not so long ago, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, George Higgs. And uh, that's not George Higgs. That's Jesse Fuller. But I just thought right. I'd say okay. my name. Because it's funny, when you have somebody else your name and you see their name up, at first you're kind of threatened. Then you're thinking, it's kind of cool that there's another George Higgs. It's also cool that the other George Higgs is black. I don't know. It's so, just so different. <laughs> uh, but this is Jesse Fuller, who's one of my heroes. He's... Um, and he was a one-man band. He wrote San Francisco Blues. Maybe you know that song. Uh, but he had this contraption he came up with. And I loved at one time making contraptions like this. And this was his, that's like a double bass case. And he has, he can push the little pedals and they s strike the strings like, well, like a piano. So he'd have a bass, basically a bass piano, essentially, that he could uh, play along while he played the guitar and sang. Um, so I just love that picture because yeah. I think it's the only one I, I, I don't know where I got that. I dug it up off the internet, but it's hard enough to find pictures of him. Yeah. So hashtag Higstruments. Okay. Anybody out there who's interested in some of George's work, uh, you can totally find it. I tried doing it. I did a hashtag Higstruments and some stuff came up straight away. The Calm Projects, Culture, Arts, Nature and Wellness is an outreach project advocating that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and our environment. If you'd like to contact CAN Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com and the link to our website is in the description. You can find the Can Projects podcast at Spreaker.com, Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot of the other usual spots. Yeah, I don't know, George, how many, like, do, do you, have you any idea how many instruments you might... Actually, before we get on to the video, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the door, but how many of these con con contraptions and instruments do you reckon you've, you've, you've put your hand to? Um, I don't know, like, uh, there have been kind of different permutations of, like, the Jimmy Rig slip jig probably became the lost and found sound assembly, which was the machine of songs, so they were kind of connected. And then the Evolvophone to uh, Door. There's the, the Door, that's the Door there. The Kahookaphone's my masterpiece, though. Uh, that's that's uh, this one here. That Kugelphone's unrealized, my unrealized masterpiece, because I've probably told you before, is a mechanical paradox in that it's a machine designed not to work. And the problem is, if you actually successfully produce a machine designed not to work, then it works. You know? <laughs> so you're stuck with it. You have a problem. <laughs> I, think, I think that means the end of the universe, does it? Exactly, exactly. I remember it's a total paradox and yeah. like, time will stop. Yeah. My dad was a patent attorney. I remember he's not, not around anymore, but I was on the phone to him shortly after I invented the Kahookaphone. And I was telling him about it. My dad, he's pretty funny, kind of serious, but funny in a way. He's like, Dad, do you think you could patent the Kahookaphone? He's like, so you need to explain to me what it does. So my dad would work with inventors and they'd explain their invention and he'd have to take down the details and file a patent based on there. So I thought this was kind of cool that I'd invented something that, and he, he got kind of short with me. I, I I can't do anything about this. I was just like, I'm just messing down. You know? <laughs> but I can imagine, like, uh, 
I, actually, it's really cool if you look at patents. Like if you look at the patent here, take this. You can find this online. The patent for the Hammond organ. Uh, is it the Hammond organ? Yeah, it's the Hammond organ. That's a really cool patent because that goes, the guy goes through all these different things that he came up with for the patent, like the starter motor and all sorts of stuff. Right. It's actually amazing, amazing the, the ingenuity, you know, in an instrument like that. Uh, I think I, I fell in love with that kind of stuff because I grew up with all these diagrams of different inventions, fig, fig one, fig two, and detailed uh, information on different inventions my dad was patenting. They're all, that was our scratch paper. We'd have a piece of paper that you'd draw whatever a monkey on, and on the back would be this patent application uh, diagram, you know, with dad, because he'd just get rid of the paper. Which most most of that led to things like failures. Say, say again, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> Were they the successful ones or the failures? Good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, like, is there a picture of a monkey that you drew in a patent <laughs> office somewhere on the back of an official document? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I submit to you Exhibit A. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure, George, that's what's led to things like this. This thing we're looking at on screen, which looks like a bit of scaffolding and a load of various was, percussive yeah. type uh, instruments, you could, you could say. That was the, that was the instrument, instrument, because when I was working with the junk ensemble, I took that on tour with the junk ensemble around England and uh, Ireland, too, uh, on the tour. Great tour they did i was i was just a musician i wasn't even the composer i was just the musician i'm the band so i would sit on the side of the stage and i'd put this thing together for my other instruments actually and you can see the spring actually there you see that yeah a cowbell. i love the cowbell yeah. actually i do love the cowbell i think it may be i know it's the joke with saturday night live but i think it might be my favorite instrument there's something about the tone of that instrument but you could pull the cowbell down and it would crack on the ground and then it would bounce and crack again boring 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 so that was great for the performance while the dancers were moving and i'd play this we called it the instrument because i said it's the higstrument and jessica and megan kennedy couldn't pronounce higstrument so yeah i took that on tour and then i was horrified one day i i looked up online I found a video, I think it's the Thompson Twins. It's some Thompson Twins song, but they have a very similar thing. It's No, it's got a few bells and whistles on it, but it was like, I basically recreated the Thompson Twins video from 1982 or something. <laughs> I love this when... when, when you, copyright, copyright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a brilliant thing. It's another thing. It's like discovering there's another George Hicks. It's like when you're brought down to earth, you know, you think you're you're wonderful because you come up with something. Then somebody else came up with something very. It's like Darwin. Somebody else came up with evolution, or the Wright brothers. Somebody else was flying a plane at the same time in Brazil. Uh, Boyle's yeah. law is called something different in France because a French guy came up with the exact same thing. Oh wow! I never heard of that. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's a few things like that. I think I've I've heard that there were similar things to do with the telescope that it was discovered like or like it invented discovered like uh, like all in and around the same time but on like opposite sides of the planet and stuff yeah it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a, you know i mean again it can be a threatening thing if if you let it threaten you but i i over the years i found it very comforting it's like to it's kind of a, again this connectivity it's like yeah, yeah not 
Well, um, there, was, then, there was an interesting one to do with uh, birds or crows or something like that. There's a few studies with, with, with birds and crows, but one of them was um, when they worked out how to like tap like tap into the the old school milk bottles um that like it was a there was a demonstration of like kind of connect collective unconsciousness of these birds because they were all they within like the space of a day or whatever they had all learned how to do this but the distance involved between the two of them there was no way that they, 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 they that they could have like taught each other how to do it it was just like all of a sudden yeah, on the same like five pro wits away like yeah yeah like they all just worked it out all in the same breath like when it's almost like yeah. like how does that that's a, that's another phenomenon that people are trying to study yeah really cool that they, they reckon if the crows were talking to each other the crow, like five different crows, would have had to pass on the message all within like a day and a half, you know, to reach that sort of distance. Like nature's just great at showing us things like that. Like we we think we know how it works, and it's just it's much more deeper than 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 what we currently know. Yeah, yeah and I was I was just thinking as you guys were saying those things about this kind of connectedness that we're not aware of. But I guess like. And I see that video you have up there, Shane. I know you wanted to play that. I was just thinking about this whole idea of the, the album and the multi-sensory uh, performances. I think that, you know, well, when I think about it, I think that the those performances, in a way, that's all happening, right? That the crows are communicating like that. We're communicating like that. Maybe these performances are about demonstrating that so for everybody to see it's like yeah i've said it to kids i work with for me music is about saying i'm alive we're alive and we're together and isn't it mind-blowing you know it's like you can go through your day and drive to work and but don't drive to work but drive to work uh and just think it's all humdrum and i know what to expect but really it's it's not humdrum it's all unpredictable and wild and, and mind-blowing, really. And I think that's what the performances aim to do. It's like, wow, look at us. We're communicating. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And they're like, you're like babies again. And I think good music, good art makes us like babies again. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know, it's, it's funny you say that because it reminds me of something Derek Clear was speaking about when he was on with us. And he was talking about um, a concept in martial arts known as beginner's mind. Okay. Where it's just basically, I suppose, try not to make too many assumptions and keep, like, keep, like, don't ever think you've got it all worked out because you're kind of leaving, you're basically, you're kind of leaving yourself open to trouble if you think, if you think you've you've kind of, you uh, you know, you have it all worked out. Forget what you know and start from scratch. That's amazing. Yeah. Dara is an amazing person. As you know, I, I think the world of him. And yeah, I remember him talking about that. Remember him talking to me about two, you know, he's like, everybody thinks if you have a black belt in karate, you'll kill somebody. But the fact is, you become more keenly aware of how vulnerable you are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And how, and how it's all a performance. Like, you're put in a situation, say a fight, somebody threatens you. It's like, yeah, I'll just roundhouse kick or whatever it is. Uh, no, the question is, what do they do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what you become conscious of is, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Dara. 
Yeah, Dar's a great guy. He's actually he's coming back in January. We're gonna do like a bit of a roundtable discussion on wellness with another guest that we had, uh, Una Hearn, who's like a wellness professional and um, a career and life coach. And uh, Dara was quite interested in her work, so we were like, "Hey, uh, Chris was like, hey, wouldn't they make make a great couple of guests to have on together?" So we're gonna go ahead with that in January. Good, good, good. That's great news. Yeah, yeah, it's nice now. It's great to see yeah. now the different we're kind thinking, of guests. We're thinking about getting someone in who was a really, really, really like bad view of their own life and see can they fix them in five minutes. And if they can't, <laughs> they both have to uh, do a forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, I don't know why this reminds me of that, but I remember the local school uh, a couple of years ago when Waterford or the village GA team was in the final. The teacher said, if we win next week, you won't have a, the night. You'll have the night off homework. I was like, so if they, the team loses, you get punished. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. You dangerous consequences. Your experiment. <laughs> that, that, that's that's a real sock and uh, sock full of soap scenario. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So will we will we get into a bit of this charge? Will we? We what, what, Yeah, like it's it's sixteen minutes long. We, I, I, I'm happy to roll the whole thing if you like. Ah, uh, no, you could just. What you can do is just. Start and you could even go a few. We'll go seconds. a few bits. Okay, and cool. I, I, I can talk at the same time. Okay, great, great. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it on main screen so yeah, everyone yeah. can see everything. So that's Dermot Furlong, by the way, and Donica Dennehy, uh the composer. Donica Dennehy, they were my teachers in Trinity, um, and that's you know, and so if you just even jump out a few seconds, sure. you'll see. Myself, oh, there they are. That's the signer for the audience's benefit teaching me this pattern of gestures uh, on which I base the musical material. Um, he teaches them to me, the audience watches him teaching. And uh, I kind of drew it out here a little bit. And then um, I go and he teaches them to the audience, and I teach them to the the ensemble, the string quartet. And then during the piece of music, we'll get the audience to perform the gestures uh, along with us. As, you know, so the idea is that they're part of the part of the band, you know? So he says, stop, that's Nevin Robinson. Stop, George. And then I go over to the string quartet. I say, hey, ladies, here are the signs. And he teaches them to the, audience he counts them in you see so right away we get into this musicality um of gestures yeah the, the, the rhythm the rhythm of it yeah and the string quartet what we were trying i was trying to show there is that they use different techniques to enact the gestures so their gestures aren't the same gestures they're musical gestures on their instruments so they're using these techniques known as chopping where it's very percussive techniques on stringed instrument where you're using the bow really hard against near the bridge so we right so it's kind of like it's it's em they're emulating the the actual the gesture essentially mm -hmm. and yeah but and also what's interesting is the audience do their gestures our gestures are different because our bodies are different so i i think that was important with the instruments i was trying to say look the instruments are making different gestures. You're actually making different gestures because you're playing a different instrument, your body being your instrument. And then anyway, there's an invisible smoke ring because the smoke machine didn't work. I had two, and both of them shut down, and now they started working. Now, oh! <laughs> I but was it still vanilla-scented? 
Yeah, no, you need the smoke to have the vanilla scent. So here ah. comes the first smoke ring. So, and the, the, if you hear the sound, they're going, a lot of tremolando on the strings. Actually, I like these chords um, in this part of the piece. They, they're not in the on the album, unfortunately, these chords. Um, so we, they do that. And then you could do show a few smokers. Actually, there's one really good one. I think maybe it's coming up. And the guy... Actually, there's on YouTube. There's a surround. You know, with the things where you can move around the venue. Uh, there's a what is it called? Yeah, surround video. You can go all around the bit. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, like a three D thing or like yeah. a. This is a good. One. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's a three D thing. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it's called, panoramic. Yeah, yeah, panoramic cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he. That was early days of it. I mean, believe it or not, that was. 2017. I remember he had to do a lot of stitching and debates. Made the video. Things have come a long way in five years. Yeah, well, Google had a lot to do with that as well, with the streetcars and street view. Yeah, yeah. The smoke and the idea of the smoke rings was that you're hitting the drum on the beat because the girls were the musicians were making a beat. But then the smoke rings have their own independent rhythm. Kind of like what's called music rubato, where you're kind of doing your own thing um, rhythmically, you know, day in tempo. Uh, I like when musicians do that. I think funk musicians do a lot when they leave the beat and kind of wander off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what's great about a good band is that a good band, they can wander from the beat and come back together, you know? Absolutely. I think, Ma- yeah. I think as Max Roach said, the beat isn't one place. It's it's an area, and you can land in several places in that area. So anyway, here we're teaching the you know, string quartets playing away, and we're bringing this the audience into the signs again, and um, they're performing the signs. I know it's, it's lovely. George, did you say this is the Crash Ensemble? That's the Crash Ensemble String Quartet. Yeah, they're I very mean, well I, known, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know them. I don't know many people, so if I know them, I must be well known. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're they're great. Aren't uh, they on Lyric FM? Have I heard them on Lyric FM loads? Oh, yeah. Crash and, and Kate, the cellist on the right, she's one of the musical directors now, artistic directors. That's uh, uh, Cora Venus Lunny. Uh, on she's first violin. Donal Lunny's daughter. Um, she's great. That's Kate. Oh wow, wow. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, so that was, and she, so she doing a lot of the extended technique, hitting her soundboard and doing these chops. Uh, so that was the same. If you listen to the album track five, that's what that music was taken from. Um, I revised it, adapted it for the album. It's quite a different thing, obviously. No smoke ring cannons on that album, unfortunately, folks. <laughs> Unless they send a self-addressed envelope with five euros to, exactly. <laughs> to the charity of your choice. Then they get, yeah, then they get a sample bag full of the smoke sent to them. Exactly. Make sure it's like just put it in your face. Ireland, not in uh, Georgia or wherever you living. Yeah. <laughs> We're not liable for that one. Send <laughs> it to the white dude. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, there you go. So that's that's that that performance. Where was that, George? That was in the Samuel Beckett Theater in Trinity. Um, great. I've done a lot of. Actually, I did another performance there, probably 
10, 15, 12 years before that uh, called Ha Ha Ha. It was Hangangalangalo, my wordless opera. And we did a piece from there and they're called Ha Ha Ha. And under the, under the stands, people didn't know this, I had the orchestras on stage. I really liked the, actually this piece of music called Ha Ha Ha. Because the singers literally went, ha, 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 ha. That was the only words. <laughs> and uh, just kept changing it. But so the orchestra's up there playing. Oh, I should say this. It begins like this. I'm wearing my lab coat. And I'm sitting on this chair. My Dermot Furlong hated this. And I reach into my, this sounds really bad. I reach into my lab coat. I pull out this hose. And they're all disappointed. It was a musical hose. And I stand up. And he goes, it does the harmonic series. It goes up the harmonic series. Oh, wow. And then percussionists come down the steps. It was it was a real pageant, you know. Percussionists come down the steps playing these rhythms, kind of get on the stage. When the, the lights come up and there's an orchestra, start playing the main rhythm of the piece. And this is the best bit. Out from underneath the stadium, uh, the stands, no one knew, 16 uh, female singers come out looking really good. And doing these choreographed lines that I, I taught, we worked out together, the, the women and I had worked out together and start singing this. And it was all them singing to me. They were going, ha, 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 like they were laughing at me. So it was all about my insecurity with, with women. So it's, again, like many of these things, like a pageant of my insecurity. Right, yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a great, but the reason I brought it up is I was just thinking that night with the Smoker in Kansas, great night. That was a great night. And I was just thinking what, about what we were saying before. The funny thing about performances, they happen, they're done. We, we can show them, show the videos, but it's really the magic of being there. And, you know, COVID's affected this people's social experiences, these events, which no matter how much we're bombarded with technology and stuff, it's all about that social event. And that's what the technology often embraces. It's like, this is happening somewhere right now. This is happening somewhere else. And we want to be connected rather than disconnected, you know? Yeah, well, I just think about that when I watched that, sh that performance. I was like, that was a great night, you know, the whole thing. And I remember... It's a community, George. It's a sense of community, I think. Yes. Yes. You know, and, 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 it, and it's very nourishing, like, for the spirit, like, when you go to these kinds of events and, and, and there's an excitement and an, an, an atmosphere and an energy about the thing. And it is very nourishing. And it is, it's something we actually probably are going to try and try and cover a lot more now is like, without complaining or getting too upset, is just to try, kind of focus a little bit on um, how, how difficult it's been for people in the arts through the pandemic. And I think it's kind of like a real tragedy that it's the same thing again, where that the minute things are kind of tight financially, um, the arts are the first thing to get cut. And realistically, it's probably what we need more of because they, to help keep morale up. But as we kind of continue that conversation, I'm starting to really s starting to see how these this community based stuff seems to be a really good answer to that. Um, you know, yeah. community based arts and community community outreach. And so maybe some, maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes when when we're a bit restricted, it forces us to look at different options. So, you know, we, we you know, it, 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 it's um, it's difficult, but I think we need to keep kind of focused on. Okay, well, we can't get too hung up on. We're not doing what we normally did. So what what do we do? I think is yeah. George Higgs Charles, who is here to tell us about his new album, The Sense Ensemble. 
which has gone live on SoundCloud. You can find George's album Sense Ensemble over on SoundCloud. And George Higgs has got some great gigs coming up too in 2022. At the end of April, George has a performance at the National Concert Hall as part of New Music Dublin Festival. And George Higgs has composed five silent poems set to music for an Irish sign language signer, trombonist, pianist, double bassist, and also firing samples of the bodily sounds of the signer. So that sounds like one not to be missed. At the National Concert Hall at the end of April, George Higgs. And I'm going to get my tickets. Definitely going to go and check that out myself and Chris. So we'll be able to report back from you on that. Really looking forward to that. And George Higgs also has another event in Dublin called Door beginning the 2nd and the 3rd of April in the ARC Children's Festival. So right now, George is back at it and he's surrounded by musical instruments and there'll be lots more to come. And if you'd like to learn more about George's work, which he's been very active over the years, he does all kinds of great work from art to community-based stuff, you can find George's website at www.georgehiggs.com. That's George. H-I-G-G-S And the Can Project's email is canprojects.info at gmail.com And you'll find a link to the Can Project's website in the description. All the best. All the best.